Yay, Todd's back. Yay. Yay. I was only gone for one episode. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like it's been longer than that, though. We did enjoy Trey, but we're we're glad you're back. And Trey's still going to come on and do some stuff with us too. I'm going to see if he wants to come and record bonus some bonus stuff. Bonus stuff. Yeah. Bonus. Ba, ba, ba. Da, ba, ba. Ba. It's my birthday tomorrow. It is Tessa Lee's birthday tomorrow. I'm excited. She's gonna be. Uh, she's gonna be up there. <laughs> do you don't know how old I'm gonna be? Yeah, I know how you're gonna be. Gonna throw my phone at you if you don't know how old I'm old. gonna be. <laughs> old, yeah. Taz, the baby of the bunch. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> 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 <That's weird>. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Is this a little, 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 little? <laughs> 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 This is what we've come to. Oh, God. A whole entire episode of us just doing doing SpongeBob quotes. That sounds terrifying. It does sound terrifying. Can we talk about death? Sure. Okay, cool. Can we talk about death metal? Uh, Yes. All right. Hold on. <laughs> it's metal and it's death. <laughs> There's so much headbanging going on. <laughs> I had to find some death metal. Anyway. Oh, that was loud. That was loud. Sorry, I'm still getting adjusted to a new phone. Uh, I, I, I guess weights and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> used to I could just log my old phone and it'd be alright that mic stand though is causing problems like any time that you touch the table Woo! so just break no it. problem anymore <laughs> <laughs> I see no problem there's no problems now <laughs> ask you shall receive oh god oh well, you uh, want to watch me be dragon lady dragon lady yeah you want to be dragon lady what should it be, mother of corgis? <laughs> <laughs> you want some of it? No, it I'm tastes good. like fruit loops. Oh, it smells awful. I hate it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't taste. It bad, works. Though. It works wonders. Though. It does. It does kill <laughs> kill the knee pain. Hmm. Okay, story time. Story time. <laughs> I need my phone because my stories are on my phone. Are you going to tell the listeners our morbid obsession with finding graves all of a sudden? Uh, yeah, I am. All right. So, story time. Ever since I was little, my mom has taken us around to uh, cemeteries. I don't know why. We're just weird like that. But we enjoy it, and that's that's what we like to do. Like, I can remember being four and five years old. Well, five or six, probably. We would go to, oh, Georgetown, South Carolina. And then we would go to this old church, and there was an old graveyard. So I can remember that, and whatever. So... We've always liked to go look at old graves. Okay, let's fast forward to recent years. Uh-huh. We went and found the uh, abandoned town of Elkmont. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this. And 
there's a whole episode where we talk about abandoned places. I don't remember what it's called, though. Because I'm bad at remembering names. Abandonment oh, issues. Abandonment issues, yeah. Because that was clever. Yes. yes. <laughs> that was clever wordplay. <laughs> so we, we talked about it on that. And then we went back a couple of times. And um, this last time that we went, my mom was like, hey, let's go find this cemetery. It's not marked anywhere, but it was the cemetery for Elkmont before it was a resort town. So it was like when it was the logging town. Yeah. So it was super old. Hmm. Super old. And uh, it wasn't marked at all. And the only way that we found it was from an old map that we found. In a book. In a book. And uh, she was right and navigated us to it. But when we got up there, firstly of all, it's kind of a creepy, out-of-the-way cemetery. And mm-hmm. uh, pretty sure that I pulled the plug out of a safety coffin. That's, yes. Yeah, it's another time. But then <laughs> the cemetery's like 98% children. And we noticed that there were coins on all of the graves. Mm-hmm. Like, so many coins. Yeah. And then a couple of graves actually had toys on them. But there were pennies, mostly pennies. Uh, some of the servicemen that had, you know, been in war and stuff, when we drove through Cade's Cove, mm-hmm. um, had doms and stuff on theirs. Yeah. I didn't know what any of this was about. And then I got to thinking about why people put stuff on graves after, you know, somebody passes away. Uh-huh. And uh, then it just led me down a rabbit hole. And I wanted to talk... To learn about death customs. And I do my best learning when I'm learning it for this show. Yeah. So here we are. <laughs> this has been Storytime with Miss Tessa. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that old, uh, the thing with the coins, isn't that like going back to Greek death customs <clears throat> with paying Well, that's what, that's what we thought too, but kind of, kind of not. It goes a little further than that. Yeah. Oh. Because like... It was a, it's a Scott Irish. It's a Scott Irish thing. Oh, um, you know that's what I thought too was the putting the putting the pennies or yeah, the coins over the yeah. eyes. Um, but I don't know if Tessa's going to talk about it. I don't know if she found paying for your passage. Or yeah, whatnot. yeah. So there there is that, and then if you go a little further, um, leaving a penny on a grave just means that like you visited it. Usually, it's a thing that's done for a military graves um but in the elkmont graveyard and all of the graveyards up in at the smoke in the smokies um it was on the pennies they put pennies on all the kids graves too yeah or at least the majority of them Mm -hmm. and i'd never seen that before but as far as the military thing goes the different coins mean different things oh so like if you put a coin on a military grave a penny just means that you visited. Yeah. But like, let me see if I can find this. Hold on. But like, what I saw was, when I when I did my research on it and stuff was, and especially when it got to southeastern um, Appalachia and yeah. in the, in the, in the Tennessee areas, it... It's meaning kind of. I'm not gonna say devolved, but it kind of it kind of got to the point to where embalming was not as as sophisticated here in the mountains as mm-hmm. what it was in other parts of the world or other parts of the country. Yeah, 
and basically the the coins on the eyes turned into them just needing something to weight the eyes down to keep keep it from oh mm-hmm. well, keeping the eyes from flying open mm-hmm. huh uh let's see um the earliest known coins date back to the late 7th century we know this Practice of leaving coins in the graves of citizens began as a way of equipping them for the afterlife, which you all just talked about. Uh, Charon, the the ferryman of Hades, mm-hmm. required payment across the River Styx. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some. I swear, there's something that it means on military graves. <laughs> I'm finding it. So if you've not figured it out by now, tonight's episode is about burial, weird burial customs. Yeah, we should probably back <laughs> up and say that. <laughs> we, we just, just went straight into it. We just lost it too. Cause yeah. And, okay, yeah, here we go. A coin left on a headstone or at the graveyard is meant as a message to the deceased soldier's family that someone else has visited the grave to pay respects. Leaving a penny simply means that you visited. A nickel indicates that you and the deceased trained at boot camp together. A dime means that you served with him or her in some capacity. And by leaving a quarter at the grave, you are telling the family that you were with the soldier when he was killed. He or oh. she was killed. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. According to tradition, the money left at graves in national cemeteries and state veteran cemeteries are eventually collected, and the funds are put towards maintaining the cemetery or paying burial costs for for veterans that can't afford, you know, the families can't afford to do, afford to do as such. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. This became huh. common during the Vietnam War due to the political divide in the country over the war. Leaving a coin was seen as a more practical way to communicate that you had visited the grave other than contacting the soldier's family, which could devolve into an uncomfortable argument over politics huh. relating to the war. I did not know that. Some Vietnam veterans would leave coins as a down payment to buy their fallen comrades a beer or play a handful of cards when they fi- were finally to be reunited. Huh. And this tradition of leaving coins on the headstones of military men and women can be traced back as far as the Roman Empire. Huh. Hmm. Wow. Well, see, I didn't really know all of that. Not too many things I'm shocked about on this podcast, but that that was really interesting. <laughs> Do it. I said I don't find too many things uh, shocking or yeah. Uh, the, or, yeah. Never mind. You just didn't know. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Like every other episode, somebody brings something up. We're all just like, huh? What? Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm going with a hand or a pocket full of pennies. Yeah. See pocket full of sunshine once we um once we went to the the one graveyard at elkmont <laughs> i am a pocket full of sunshine once we went through the you graveyard yeah i'm telling myself that that's how i go to sleep at night <laughs> yeah, four times a day at workplace so <laughs> yeah. when but when we went okay so we went to that one graveyard we saw all the coins and then we actually went and found like another graveyard that it doesn't have a sign. So if you don't know to look for it, then you're not going to see it. But it's legit like off the main road going into the national park. Yeah. So we found it. Help us and on the door. <laughs> <laughs> we found it. And my mom was like, 
grab that handful of change. So we took the pennies with us and we put them on some people's graves. Well, now yeah. it has meaning. Yeah, so now it has now, meaning. Now we know what. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool though, because I guess there was a few times that we saw a, a nickel or a dime on some of them. Yeah, yeah, especially up in in Cades uh, uh, Cove. Yeah, there's one that I know of that's close to my house. There's just this. There's a few gravestones around, like really old ones. But then there, there's this one that's like a marble gravestone, like white marble gravestone. It's just a. It's like an obelisk, and it has a lamb on it. And that's it. There's no name or anything on it. Well, that's creepy. Yeah, it's a little weird. Uh, but there's coins and toys laid all around it. That's cool. Yeah. There's no name, though. That's what got you me. You don't know who it is. But, yeah. but thanks to our uh, cemetery exploration, we realized that we have a name. Um, <laughs> we're Taphophiles. Taphophiles. Taphophilia. Otherwise known as tombstone tourists. Oh, or graveyard that's hoppers. Yeah. That's what we are. Grave hoppers. Grave hoppers. Graveyard hoppers. That sounds like a really morbid grasshopper. It does. <laughs> it sounds like a, a, a grasshopper made of corpses. Did we yeah. tell you about the? Did we tell you about going up? Uh, we drove Little Shepherd Trail and finding the random. There's like a an old family graveyard up there, mm-hmm. and there's a kid buried there, and his grave is covered in toys, oh. old toys. Hmm. I'll find a. I have a picture. I'll show it to you. Neat. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's sad, but, you know. But that's another apparent tradition, is yeah. to leave toys on children's graves. Hmm. A lot, well, and, okay, so, a lot of the uh, the graves that we saw in the old Elkmont Cemetery also had stones on them. And, apparently, granite is just yeah, everywhere just down there. Yeah. Because, um, there, like, were big chunks of it. And yeah. Yeah, so I accidentally kind of sort of dug up somebody's footstone because I didn't know oh, it nice. was footstone. Yeah, she was just a whole bundle of joy. <laughs> <laughs> I put it back. I put it back. But so if there were like big pieces that had chipped off and whatever, people would just pick them up and put oh, them on the tombstone. Did you guys see there like a couple of weeks ago where somebody had turned over all the tombstones on that one graveyard over at... Uh... Or at Thornton. Yeah, we we went to that graveyard yeah, we today. Went to that graveyard. Oh, really? Yeah. Are, are all the stones back up yet? Or uh, all, if all of them one. except for one, and it's just it's a it's like yeah, this it's, tall. It's oh, okay. It probably wouldn't fit in this room. Like oh, it's wow. it's huge. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a yeah, it's a really tall stone. I was like, I saw those pictures, and I was just like, do you want to be haunted? Because that's how it happens. Yeah, there's a special place like in hell. Well, uh, yeah, and you know, do you want, want to be murdered by ghosts? That's one of the how ones, one of the ones that was uh, that was turned over is the one that I showed you a picture of that says um, the guy's name that now I can't remember off the top of my head, um, but it, it literally just has. I'm gonna find it. The one that has the poems around the bottom. No. Or the. Mm-mm. Let me go look. I'm on my way. I'm speed scrolling. Speed scrolling. Speed. Alex Bowler, oh, the yeah, old Indian doctor, sleeps here. That's all it says. No dates, no nothing. It's just a really old stone that says Alex Bowler, the old Indian doctor, sleeps here. Does that mean he was an Indian, or did he? I don't know. But his stone was also Indians. turned over, and that's really a way to get yourself on it. Oh yeah, that is really a way to get yourself. Messed it was up. one of the ones that was vandalized. Yeah. Yeah. But so we saw all these rocks, and this is a, that's a Jewish custom, and oh. I didn't know that until I started doing some research. Oh. But um, in the Old Testament, the sons of Jacob and Rachel placed stones 
over their mother's grave, okay? So then people place stones on graves because, according to tradition, it keeps the soul down. This theory, though, comes from the Talmud. And uh, the Talmud pretty much says that souls continue to dwell for a while in the grave in which they're placed. So, yeah, it weights the the soul down. Huh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then rocks are also favored over flowers on Jewish graves because flowers were considered pagan. Oh. And because, and because, they're hmm. more permanent. Flowers die. Rocks do not. They endure and go on. So... Huh. There you go. Neat. Yeah. I want metal put on mine. So I say that Josh was always metal. <laughs> metal in life, metal in death. Metal in life, metal in death. <laughs> that, was, that was corny. That was I, wanna, stupid. I want my ashes to be put into fireworks so I can go out with a bang. Boo. Uh, there's a company that actually does that. Really? Yeah. I'm not surprised. They yeah. cremate you and turn you into a big fireworks show. I mean, well, that's kind of cool, though. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I want to be turned into an album, a vinyl album. You could do that, too. Huh. Really? Mm-hmm. They'll turn your ashes into a vinyl Can I make album. you into, like, a Backstreet Boys CD? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> like, 90 years from now, yeah. <laughs> I'll be the old lady sitting there, uh, like, oh, I'm just listening to I Want It That Way with my husband. He's been dead for 17 years. And then yeah. it, then one night it just starts playing, uh, what's the one that opens up Backstreet's Back? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it just starts playing that and you see Josh's ghost outside the window. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you're doing the dance, I'm quite fine with I it. Would absolutely all right with that. <laughs> okay, I have more, but we can come back to me. Okay. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Game yeah. of Thrones is on. Yes, it is. Yeah. All right, goodbye, everybody. I gotta go watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> this was a short episode. Love you guys. Bye. I'm trying to catch up. I'm almost there. I'm almost done. <laughs> Thought you didn't like catch up with yourself. Because you don't like tomatoes. I don't like tomatoes when they're when they are tomatoes. <laughs> Which sounds oh. like. I don't know, some kind of like, <laughs> some kind of like a weird test, test question for a, a or if you're a psychopath. <laughs> Do you like I don't tomatoes? like tomatoes when they're tomatoes. It's like an existential crisis. It's like something Ted Bundy would say. If it's something yeah. that's made from tomatoes, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Ketchup is fine. Tomato soup is fine. Tomatoes, if they're sliced thinly on pizza, is fine. Pizza sauce. Is fine. Well, that was a diversion if I ever heard one or it not. It was. <laughs> Tangent. You did this to me. Hmm? Anyway. All right. So, Ty, we've not heard your voice in a week. Yes. Or three weeks. How yes. long it's been. I, I've got like three things that I want to talk about, but I'm saving the last one for the very last thing because oh. it's, it's big. And I'm going to butcher the, the name because I don't speak... Indonesian. It's true. Don't buy it. It's not scholars. Yes. <laughs> getting there, though. Uh, <laughs> We're getting there. In Tana Taraja in eastern in- Indonesia. Sounds good to me. Yes. <laughs> Funerals are raucous affairs involving the whole village. Uh, they can be anywhere from days to weeks. Uh, 
families save up for long periods of time. Like as soon as this person starts to seem like you know they're kind of on their way out, they start saving money for like this big fest, big <laughs> funeral, awesome. and everything. Uncle Fred's looking peckish. You should probably put should some money. Probably back. put some money back for the funeral. <laughs> but the thing is, they uh, sacrifice a water buffalo to carry the deceased soul to the afterlife. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I want to sing a Veggie Tales song, but, but I'm not going to. Until that moment, it can be it can be years after the physical death. So until that moment happens. They keep the dead relative in their house. And they're referred to as a person who's sick or who is asleep. Uh, they're laid in special rooms in their family home. They continue to be fed every day. They even take them out into town. This is a nightmare. Yeah, this is a thing. Like This is a, a, a current thing that goes on there still. Wow, yeah. and it's weird that you mentioned the water buffalo because the one that I, the first one I was going to talk about was the sky burials. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and it's a practice in Tibet that even today they still practice. And basically, what they do is is it's called the wali or bird scattered, mm-hmm. and it's not a burial at all. And so, basically, when they prepare the corpse, they set the corpse up on an elevated plane and burn like juniper. And apparently the juniper attracts vultures. And the yeah. vultures eat the body and carry it off. Everybody's got a water buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that practice actually comes from the Buddha. Buddha? Buddha? Yeah, it's a... It's Hinduism. A, yeah. yeah, it's a Buddhist practice. Yeah, it's a Buddhist practice. Yeah. What so. is it like? It scatters their... Soul yeah, it's like a Buddhist that. tenet of being generous to nature. Sky burials are still practiced in areas of Tibet, Providence, and China, and small parts mm. of Mongolia. Yeah, it's uh, that our the theory is our body is just a shell of a uh, shell for your spirit. Hmm. So I interjected. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, I was done with the the other one, but I've got another one. Uh. It's called the the turning of the bones in Madagascar. Oh, that was number two on my list. Thank Is you. Is it really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the people in Madagascar. Uh, it's a ritual called Fama Dihana. I want to assume, so, or the turning of the bones. Once every five or seven years, a family has a celebration at its ancestral crypt where the bodies wrapped in cloth are exhumed and sprayed with wine and perfume. Oh. Yeah. Why? Uh, bands play. It's a big event. It's a shindig. Yeah, it's a, it's a big festival they do every five years or so. And, uh, yeah. That's pretty much it. They dig, huh. they dig up their they dig up their families uh, every you, five years. If you watch on Netflix, and I highly recommend it if this uh, interests you, because that's on that show that I binge watched called oh, Dark Tourist. Dark Tourist. Oh, yeah. He actually goes to a village when they, when they start doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That show was amazing, by the way. It is a really good show. It is. Everybody's got a water buffalo. And uh, one more that I'll uh, that I'll talk about real quick because it's a short one. Uh, the Ghana fantasy coffins. I thought this one was really weird. Uh, people aspire to be buried in coffins that represent their work or something they loved in life. 
these so-called fantasy coffins uh, are, let's see, oh, uh, BuzzFeed did a thing on it recently where they had like 29 pictures of some crazy ones. <laughs> Uh, like one shaped like a Mercedes. Oh gosh! For a businessman, or uh, one shaped like a gigantic fish for a fisherman. That's awesome. <laughs> and somebody was buried in one that was shaped as a giant bobble because they were a preacher. That's wasn't there a dude that like had an obscene amount of money, and then he mostly has like squandered it all. But he built like an Egyptian tomb in his house, and he's going to be buried in a sarcophagus. He built a pyramid. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, like the the inner chamber, like where they would be buried, where the pharaohs would be buried at, is actually like a living room. Like it's it's like a house on the inside until he dies. Like the day that he dies, he gets sealed in. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one right here interested me, and I'm sorry for the tapping. I didn't need to <laughs> tap it tap. Uh, it's it's called renaming. Hmm. And this has fascinated me. Um, it's in Japan. It's a Japanese traditional uh, Shinto funeral. The dead are often given new Buddhist names in their in kanji. Oh. And the this is to prevent them from returning if they hear their own names. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, it prevents the spirit from returning if they if someone calls out their name. Huh. The renaming uh, typically occurs at the funeral that follows their wake, and the length of the name depends on the person's lifespan or the amount of money their relatives donate to the temple, making it somewhat a controversial practice today. Huh. <laughs> so, uh, all the uh, these people get new names. Of course, one that we've talked about in the past on our ghost walks and stuff uh, is the postmortem photography. Oh yeah, that was a thing. In 1900s. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah Absolutely. Go and have their dead loved ones. Especially kids. Dressed up and mm-hmm. everything. It was really common for kids. Yeah. You lay them out. You dress them up and lay them out. My leg is itching. And you uh, and you take pictures, yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you ever see really creepy pictures of kids that look like they're asleep, back in the 1800s, they're mm. probably not asleep. They're probably dead. Oh, cool. Like, and here's one called Death Beads in South Korea. It's due to the lack of grave space. The government issued a law that family members could only be buried for 60 years before they had to be dug up. So cremation has become uh, popular. And an entrepreneur capitalized on the cultural shift is now creating beautiful death beads from your family's ashes. So they could be, they, yeah. That they, sounds pretty metal. They can be transformed into pink, green, blue, and uh, worn every day. <laughs> so, so, oh, hmm? oh, go ahead. Sorry. Some places eat their dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indo is uh, Indo cannibalism. They yeah. honor them by eating them, like. Um, tribes in Papua New Guinea and in Brazil. Yeah. And here's one that, uh, the western part of the United States is taking hold of being buried in biodegradable coffins so your body could become one with nature and become a tree. <laughs> <laughs> so the practice of your body being buried with seeds. Yeah. 
I wouldn't mind that one. That would be kind of cool. It skips the step of uh, embalming and, and coffin burial and just goes straight to uh, like cremation. Maybe I'll grow up in the middle of it and be like the three-eyed raven. <laughs> Ty's really pumped for tonight's episode. <laughs> who's not? I mean, like, really, who's not? Have you ever heard of the funerary practice of... I don't want to. I want to make sure that this is not what you're going to talk about before I what? talk about it. It is not. Okay. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that though? No. <laughs> you I know have nothing. No clue what that one is. You know nothing, John. Saty, saty. Though now, mercifully, this article says banned in India. Saty was a funerary practice in which a recently widowed woman would legitimately throw herself into her husband's funeral pyre to be. Burned alive. Nice. Um, it was seen as a voluntary act, but there were many instances in which women were forced to commit this. They would just, like, drag them against their will into the fire <laughs> and set them aflame. No one is certain how this ritual got started, but one suggestion is that it was introduced to prevent wives from killing their wealthy husbands and marry their real lovers. Hmm. Well, you know, there is that, I guess. So they were... Steward of Gondoring themselves. Yeah, I mean, essentially they were. <laughs> and of course, we need to talk about the Viking funerals. Oh yeah, of course. Right, man. <laughs> Lay me on a boat with all my swords. Set with my it, sword. Set it on fire. And just set it on fire. <laughs> what was it? It's there's the, the sword for every conquest or something sword like that. Sword for every conquest. Yeah. yeah. Sword for every battle or something like that. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Uh, something. Uh, one that's really cool. That since I'm going to New Orleans next month, shoo, and there's a they have a tradition in New Orleans, like it's a specifically New Orleans thing, uh, where they have jazz band funerals. It's like it's just a big block party. Oh, that's how I want to go out, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, New Orleans. They do it, they do it, man. When they do it, they do it. I'm pretty excited about that trip. Oh, you need to be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, July. Let's see, what is it? May, June? Yeah. It's going to be, it's gonna be hot. Yeah, it's the first week of June. Yeah. Well, I mean, any days hot down there. Yeah. True. When it got down to 70 degrees, 74 boys there last, people was putting on long sleeve shirts and pants on. <laughs> and we was sweating, burning up. So. But. What's the last one? What, who's. Who? <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to talk about. I, I got a thing. I just got distracted, though. <laughs> I was looking at this article that was like death customs from around the world. Modern funeral practice in parts of Africa came to the forefront of media attention with the spread of the Ebola virus. Because, Ebola! Yeah, Ebola! because the family is supposed to kiss the, the, the deceased as part of their, you know, <laughs> funerary rites or whatever. Is that a word? Funerary? Yes. Okay. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm just saying <laughs> Let's talk about Appalachian stuff. Appalachian. Appalachian. <laughs> He's talking okay. about that one. Mine, mine's not Appalachian, but... Okay. I'm excited to hear what it is, I'll save it for last. <laughs> okay. So, uh, most of you know that that's where we're from, is the Appalachian, Appalachian Mountains, the Appalachian region. 
Anybody uh, that says Appalachian is wrong. Stupid. <laughs> yep. I said it. I said it. You want to fight me? Come fight me. You got to find me first. Fight me in the dark. If you say Appalachia, I'm going to throw an apple at you. Yeah. Let's see. see? Even, even though... Appalachia, Appalachia. That's even though that's how, how it's taught to people, I hate that phrase. Yeah. With a burning passion. <laughs> Just throw an apple at you. Yeah. Okay, so you tell me if you've heard of these before. Because we're all Appalachian. So, um, some of these, I, th- I think, are multiple places. But if a bird flies in the house, somebody will die. Oh, yeah, that's a that's an old omen. That's... I don't know how old. Roman, I want to th- say. I don't know. It's old. That one's been around a long time. That went way before here. If a picture falls off the wall, somebody's going to die. <laughs> You're going to die. <laughs> You're going to die. I don't really know where that one came from. I have no idea I don't, where that I don't one know about from. that one. Uh, if you hear a screech owl at dusk, someone will die. Oh, man. That... We'd have been doomed a long time ago because of a yeah. mom and dad's house. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's us over at our house. Yeah. It was like everybody on the holler should have been dead by yeah. now. <laughs> the whole entire world should have been dead by now. Death comes in threes. Nah, I do know that one. And, and it is true. It's true. Yeah, and it is yeah. true. That is so true. It's it's really weird how accurate that is for around here. A hundred percent that's true. Yeah. Mirrors need to be covered after a death in the house, or whoever looks into one and sees their reflection will die. That's uh, old English. It's an old uh, one, and we don't do that. I find that very interesting, though. That it is interesting. We don't do it, but it's interesting. I'm going to start doing it. Uh, howling dogs in the night signify death. I hadn't really heard that. Yeah. If that were true, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Albus. Uh, Gosh. Professor Albus would have done killed half the world by now. If you dream of birth, it signifies death, and vice versa. If you dream about death, then it signifies birth. I have heard one. this a million times, mm-hmm. and... I just about believe that one, really. Yeah. That's that's one of those old wives' tales that, yeah. yeah. Uh, bad luck to walk on graves. I'm so screwed. Yeah. Uh, pregnant women should never look at a deceased person or it will mark the unborn baby. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. Uh, you must tell the bees if there is a death in the family or they will swarm. Also, bees carry the news of death. In my opinion, bees just are death. Uh, that's why I was getting ready to comment on, on your side. It's <laughs> pretty much death. Yeah. That was just a random throwaway. Because um, I actually do have something to talk about. But that was like, you know, it was pulled up. Do other places have, do other places the people pull over on the side of the road for a funerary procession? I don't know. Or is that just mostly a, a here That thing? is a... I, I can, know that you hate it, but uh, yeah, you're a crotchety old man. I, I'm not a crotchety old man. <laughs> and show me... Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. But <laughs> it is a southern Appalachian thing. It is a K- Kentucky or part of the I think one. it's a southern thing more than anything. Because uh, any other part of the country, they you will get busted big time for it. Yeah. But if you don't do it here, people think that you're a... Yep. In fact, in fact, my dad can tell you all kinds of stories about him pulling off up in Ohio and uh, getting a big, huge ticket for it. Yeah. Huh. So. Well, around here, if a, if a funeral procession is coming your way, then you pull over mm. on the side of the road. That's just what we do. Yeah. And let it pass. 
God, I just got an evil look for some odd reason. <laughs> she, she, she was because like, I'll be in the car and everybody's pulled over on the side of the road except for this guy yeah. who's just breezing past them while the funeral procession is coming. I slow down. I don't past them. Everybody else is pulled over on the side of the road and here comes Josh just booking <laughs> it down the highway. Yep. And Show I, me I in just, my driver's manual where it says you have to pull over beside. I, I just flash the sign, flash the sign, dick, point it down right here. That's fine. I, That's fine. It's true. Uh, it's I just, I just nod my head or bow my head and go along with yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. It drives me crazy. He knows it does, and that's why he does it. No, it's not why he does. Yeah. <laughs> so the way that we used to do death here <laughs> which sounds kind of weird but the way that the Appalachian people used to uh, what they would do for someone and their family when they died kind of interests me um, because we had what was known as sitting up with the dead so here's what would happen somebody would die and then after they died their local church would be the first to find out that they had passed. And they would toll the bell to let everybody know that there had been a death. And what they would do is they, when they found out who it was, they would toll the bell um, once for every year that person had been alive. And within reason, you could, you know, figure out if Mm -hmm. it was told 70 times, then it was, you know, this person, or if it was only... 10 than it was this person and so after that happened all of the neighbors and the friends would show up they would bring food and drink and uh, they would probably in a lot of cases get drunk and they would just party and have what was called a wake um so while this was happening the men would go and dig the grave unless the ground was frozen if the ground was frozen then you had to go into the barn for storage until the yeah, ground was thawed ground enough. Um, but they they would go dig the grave, and the women would go and cover all of the mirrors with cloth. Um, so the spirit... See, the one Appalachian old saying was that you cover the mirrors, so I don't remember what it said. So you won't die. Is that what it was? You see yourself and you die or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, another one is that if the spirit of the dead person sees themselves, they can use that mirror as a portal. And if you cover it and it can't see itself, it can't use the mirror as a portal and it will go on till its next life mm-hmm. or the afterlife. So you also stopped all the clocks in order to one know the time of death for sure so they would die you would stop the clocks and two because um supposedly time stands still for the dead anyway so that's just what you did then they would prepare for the laying out of the dead person uh which is called sitting up with the dead so a board would be brought in and propped up on like two chairs or a sawhorse and then the body was brought in and laid out on it So the board, the laying out board, they called it, was sometimes passed down through whole generations of families. So I could be, you know, if we still did this today, I could be laid out on the same laying out board that my great-great-grandpa or great-great-grandma was. So they kept it in the family a lot. They would place the body on the board. And sometimes you would have to, like, break bones 
or soak limbs in order to straighten everything out, depending yep. on the you know the the way the person died and the I guess their posture when they died. Um, especially if they hadn't been found for a while and rigor mortis set in, then that was a whole other ball game. <laughs> so they would take a sheet and a rope and they would tie the body down in place. And they would go about washing it and everything and then and then dressing the person up. They would tie a handkerchief around the deceased person's chin and head in order to keep the mouth closed. And then they would take um they would take baking soda and water and they would lay a towel over the person's face soaked in baking soda and water because it will keep them from be- becoming discolored longer. If the person died with their eyes open, then they used coins to weight them down. But you don't use copper coins because copper will um, turn your skin yeah. green. Ah. So they would use silver. Always silver. So once the body was washed and dressed, and you never, you could never leave it alone. It was never to be left alone until it was put in the ground. I don't know why. Hmm. But that's just what mm-hmm. they did. You were to never leave it, the body alone until it was put in the ground. Um, then they would take the body out and lay it out on on the laying out board or even on a table in a coffin and they would cover it with a quilt and then people would come by and they would sit up with the dead. Uh, this was kind of like they would come and pay their respects. But you would hold this wake over the course of two or three days, usually, before the burial took place. And uh, the in- we didn't embalm people back then. Uh-uh. You know, so the mm-hmm. entire time you've got rigor mortis sitting yeah. up yeah. and people talk about how like they could legit hear bones breaking and cracking. And sometimes if you didn't tie them down just right, the bodies would just sit, sit bolt upright on the table. <laughs> That's terrifying. And do you know one reason? Okay. So the, the tradition of using flowers at a funeral has been around since the Romans. But do you know one of the big reasons why? Because we didn't embalm people, and it masks the yeah, odor the of decay, scent, yeah, the yeah. death scent. So then they would also like cover the person, sometimes the person itself, with flowers, or just lay them around. So the day after the wake, the coffin would be loaded up onto the wagon, and it would you know make its way to the church for burial. The family and friends would walk behind it the entire way, dressed in their black mourning clothes. And when they you know got to the church, then the funeral would finally be over after several days and they would actually bury the person. Yeah. So hmm. that's the Appalachian tradition of sitting yep. up with the dead. Have you ever heard the story that Legina tells that's supposed to be like a true story of sitting up with the dead? I think so, but it's been a while since I've heard. I'll it. give you the like the the extremely fast rundown version of it. Yeah. This is like a story. It's supposed to be true. <laughs> but you know how that goes. Yeah. But it the the person that told it to her, you know, told it as truth. And so that's the way that she tells it, too. And I, I love it. But this woman had died. She was young. It was tragic. Tragic death. Mm-hmm. And um, they laid her out to do setting up with the dead. And they put two young boys in charge of watching over her in, in their shift while everybody else slept. And um, they found their uncle's moonshine, got drunk, and passed out. When they woke up, she was gone. So they thought that an animal had, like, drugged the body off into the woods. 
And, um, cause this was way back in the day when this happened. And so they sent a search party out and went to go find her. When they finally did, she had been mauled by some kind of animal, but they took her back to the house and everything. And when they got her back in and cleaned her up, they opened her, I guess that her handkerchief or whatever that was keeping her mouth closed had come undone. And there was an ear of a panther inside of it. Oh. Like it that had been bitten off. Oh. Yeah. So that's weird. Neat. It's weird, man. It's weird. It's neat and it's weird. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> cool. Sitting up with the dead. We don't do that anymore, but... You know. Ray Stevens sitting up with the dead since the dead started sitting up too. You know who Ray Stevens is? I do. Yes. Okay. The day the Mississippi Squirrel Revival. Yeah, yeah he guy. sung a song called I Ain't Sitting Up with the Dead since the dead started sitting up too. Oh no. We was talking talking about when he Rigor was a young, is... when he was a young boy he went to uh, a wake. <laughs> nice. I wonder when they I wonder when wakes became unpopular. Like when they started. Well doing funeral wakes. homes. When funeral homes started getting popular. Uh big the commercialized funeral homes, I should say. Probably when the the health risks of all that started to popping up. Yeah. <laughs> that too. And I guess when there was a need because, you know, when Body started piling up. Yeah. But smallpox. Smallpox. But tuberculosis. I mean, yeah. did you imagine trying TV. to have a, like when entire towns was being wiped out? Uh-huh. <laughs> Bad news bears. Now that's happening I'm with the measles. I know. Oh, that's a different ball game, Ty. What's your last story? Yeah, well, let's not open that game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Because I'll, I'll go off. Yeah. I really will. <laughs> Once extinct disease. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I wanted to talk about the Paris catacombs. Ooh, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> so. Kind of always wanted to go there, but at the same time, not because I would get lost. Yeah, it sounds terrifying to go there. Yeah. But, uh,. How the catacombs got started was in, okay, for centuries underneath Paris, they had all these different quarries and everything, because it's all, it's all sedimentary stone there, so it's really easy to mine through, uh, but at the same time, it also meant that it was prone to collapse. So, um, when... A particularly bad collapse happened in the mid seven in the mid seventeen hundreds. King Louis the Fourteenth closed all uh, closed them down. It's like no more underground quarries. But then, in seventeen seventy seven, he appointed a inspector of the quarries to go and check all of them out to make sure that. You know, they were going to be safe. There wasn't going to be any collapses or anything like that. Um, the first evacuations were made from a from 1785 to 1787 and concerned the largest cemetery in Paris, the Saints Innocence Cemetery, which was... That one was used for a lot of mass graves and everything. 
So you had lots and lots of people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it had been closed in 1780 after consecutive use for nearly 10 centuries. Jeez. Yeah. Um, the tombs were emptied of their bones, which were transported at night to avoid hostile reactions from the Parisian population and the, and the church. The bones were dumped into two quarry wells and then distributed and piled into the galleries by the quarry workers. Transfers continued after the French Revolution until 1814 with the suppression of parochial uh, cemeteries such as St. Eustache, uh, St. Nicholas de Champ, and the Bernardin's Convent in the center of Paris. They were begun in 1840 during urban renovation by Louis-Philippe and the Haussmannian reconfiguration of the city from 1859 to 1860. And then the site was consecrated as the Paris municipal... Like, so... Up until that point, like, all the bones were just kind of tossed in there. There was no rhyme or reason to it. There were just big piles of bones everywhere. And then they created the ossuary, which is, that's the big go-to thing. Like, people that want to see the catacombs, that's where they go to. Because this is where they started stacking up the skulls, and they basically made it into almost a cathedral-type thing inside of the catacombs. Mm-hmm. And then, starting in 1809, they actually started opening up the catacombs to the public by appointment. You had to set up an appointment to be able to go to, go to them. A register was placed at the end of the circuit where visitors could write their impressions. It was filled with very rapid. It was filled very rapidly because these visits had quickly become a success with the with both the French and foreigners. So like. It became a tourist attraction for him. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I would go. Seriously. I oh, yeah. Go. Like, it, it's something that I've always wanted to see. In 1787, the Count of Artois, the future Charles X, visited the site in the company of a group of court ladies. In 1814, Francis I... The Austrian Emperor took a tour there, and in 1860, Napoleon III descended into the, uh, into the catacombs with his son. During the 19th century, visiting arrangements constantly changed from total closing to monthly and, quarter, and quarterly openings because they were having some issues with like collapses here and there. Um, and they're now open to everybody, and they get about 550,000 visitors a year. Wow. Yeah. My nose is, like, blocking up on me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard to talk and breathe at the same time. <laughs> you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> the bodies of the dead from the riots in Place de Grieve, the Hotel de Brienne, and Rue Mesli were put in the catacombs on, 28, on the 28th and 29th of August, 1788. The tomb of Val de Grace Hospital doorkeeper, Philibert Aspert, lost in the catacombs during 1793 and then found 11 years later, is located in the catacombs on the spot where his body was found. Huh. Yeah. Um, during 1871, 
communards killed a bunch of monarchists here. Uh, during World War II, Parisian members of the French Resistance used the tunnel system there constantly. The Nazis established an underground bunker below La Cie Montaigne, a high school in the 6th arrondissement. I don't know what that is. Oh, okay. It's just the district of Paris. Uh, so, yeah. They had a bunker in the catacombs. That's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. This one's really neat. Because this one's actually kind of recent. This happened 15 years ago. During 2004... Uh, there's an Albus at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Albus at the door. Uh, police discovered a fully equipped movie theater in one of the caverns. It was equipped with giant, with a giant cinema screen, seats for the audience, projection equipment, film reels of recent thrillers, and film noir classics. Yeah, what? I, I think I remember, I remember a, hearing about that. A fully stocked bar and a complete restaurant with tables and chairs. The source of its electrical power and the identity of those responsible remain unknown. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. This really happened. Oh my like, gosh. They don't know how they got electricity in there. <laughs> That's weird. Yep. Um, I have death metal concerts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 2015, Airbnb actually paid 350,000 euros as part of a publicity stunt, offering customers the chance to stay overnight in the catacombs. Did somebody do also it? Terrifying. I'm sure that they they did. Probably did. Um, in August 2017, a bunch of thieves broke into a cellar from the catacombs and stole more than $250,000 of wine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, as as far as the death customs part of it goes, like that just became that was Paris's go to. Like anytime, stick them in the catacombs. Yeah, stick them in the catacombs. <laughs> well, I mean, have you build up the walls? <laughs> you were talking about all the bones. Have you ever this? It reminded me of this. The said like ossuary. You heard of it? Isn't that the one? Is it like Norway or something like that? It's in the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. It's a, it's a Roman Catholic little chapel. Yeah. And it's it's estimated to contain the skeletons of between forty to 70,000 people. Mm-hmm. And their bones have been made into like furniture and decorations. Uh-huh. There is... Um, they have entire chandeliers made out yeah, of Yeah, there's a chandelier which contains at least one of every bone in the human body. Yeah. Yeah, let me, let me show you pictures. Let me let me let me learn you a the, thing. The most metal of chandeliers. Yeah, the most death metal. There it is. <laughs> Look at that chandelier. <laughs> I don't want it. We'll have to post a picture of that thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Look That's at, so brutal. Look yeah. at that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yes, listeners that don't know what we're talking about. Is that crazy? <laughs> yeah, that's just, it's nuts. The Church of Bones. Look at the skulls. Sounds like something off Game of Thrones. It does. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. It's, it's, it's nuts. There's, a, a, there's several churches that are kind of like this. Uh, around the world, but this is the most famous one. I just want to go there and play metal. Like, blast metal there. It's a lot of bones. It's a lot of bones. Look that, at that chandelier is nuts. 
Yeah. Like, they have, like, drapings across the arches made out of spines. Yeah, made out of spines. Oh, that makes me hurt. Look how pretty it is on the outside. Oh, yeah. It looks like a, nor- <laughs> looks like a normal Catholic church on the outside. Then yeah. inside, it's the most brutal thing you've ever seen And then you walk in, and it's like, oh, crap, am I in a, like, a nightmare? Because it looks <laughs> like something off, like, the PC game Diablo or something. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Which a lot of this stuff came about, like, because of the the Dance Macabre. Uh, stuff. Is that the baptismal font? Huh? Is that the baptismal font? That's what it looks like. Oh, dude, I want to be baptized in skulls. <laughs> That'd be so freaking awesome. That sounds like a Cradle of Filth song. Or a Cannibal <laughs> Corpse song. It does. <laughs> sounds like a Corpse Grinder song. Yeah. It does. It does indeed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Weird. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like... Okay. There was this whole big movement called the Dance Macabre that where they tried to they wanted to familiarize people more with death, make it seem less bad, more like a an art, a beautiful thing in a way. So like you have all these paintings of people like dancing with skeletons and stuff like that. Just all these weird things that came about during the seventeen hundreds. The 1700s in art. It was very strange. That's that's what's happening in this in yeah. this cathedral. Like you had, I mean, for real. Yeah, you had operas, you had plays, and everything before. Like having a dead person in a play or opera or something like that was kind of. If it was kind of taboo in a way. But then they started showing them more and more. It was very strange. Well, I'd I'd tell you, I'd tell you because death was so prominent and people, there was, you know, I guess it was. Yeah, I think it was, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, people were so scared of the dead because of things like the plague and all that. Because they were just rebounding from the plague and, and it. Can I just make an observation? Sure. We kind of, okay, so people kind of desensitize themselves against death and whatever. Uh-huh. And now we've become highly sensitized again when it comes to it. Cause, and, and the reason that I'm thinking about this is because, like, back in the day, if there was a murder, like, say, the Lizzie Borden uh-huh. whole debacle, they just printed pictures of their dead bodies, like, in the papers. Yeah. And and it was just okay. Yeah. Even like the Black Dahlia murders. Yeah, the, no, the yeah. The photos were... Of her, like, bloodless corpse, they, uh, you were, know, chopped in half. Well, didn't they release those until, like, way after, though? I don't know. I don't know. But I know the Lizzie Borden pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, it's like what I said, what my Tyler just said, you know, like back there in the 1600s, 1700s, you know, you don't know if you're a part, you know, if I'm me sitting here talking to you right now, if one of us was going to drop dead, you know. Yeah. So. I just randomly thought about that. I yeah. don't even know. My brain just. You know, now, you know, now is if you see a paper cut on the internet, you know, you have to censor it because it may offend someone's general sense sensibility. I ain't censoring nothing. But I don't know. No, you ain't gonna get nothing censored in me. 
Oh, there's a monastery in San Francisco that has like a bunch of bones too. Neat. Listen, Patreon. Get on Patreon. Send me to this church. I will be baptized. (laughs) (laughs) Ten million dollars to Patreon. (laughs) And people calling Josh out. You won't do it. Okay, so they it looks like they did release them almost immediately. <laughs> Might you wake it up to a Sunday newspaper about that. Yeah. Most brutal, heinous. Yeah. Maybe I'll talk about that next week when you talk about... <clears throat> what are you talking about? Pee pee huh? chopping. I guess we can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have to find something cool. Tune in talk. next week and listen to me talk about a lady chopping a guy's <laughs> off. Oh, I don't know why my phone is like giving me suggestions of what to look for, and it's about pregnancy. Huh? Yeah. See, ectopic pregnancy. I don't even know. I mean, I know what that is, but I don't know what Tess my is gonna is. have a baby. No, she's not. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. That's a big nope. All right, children. <sighs> I'm sleepy. I'm tired. And I'm Josh. <laughs> <laughs> this is Century Told by Idiots. <laughs> Where uh, can the people find us? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at History by Idiots. Uh, we no longer have a website. I took it down because it didn't get any traffic. Boop. No, I'm joking. Yeah, I mean, there was no sense in me paying two hundred dollars to re-up it. No, we'll just start a little free one from. I mean, WordPress. we really don't even need a website. No. as far as that goes, social media is everything now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, social media is everything. Unless you're selling stuff, you know, there's no big, uh, no sense in having the website. We know selling stuff. We're and not selling stuff. We know can sell a tie off. Yeah, he's already taken. It. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm missing anything. Patreon. We have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash history by idiots. Not much to get from it right now, but there's going to be more stuff in the future. There will be stuff. There will be stuff. There will be stuff. Things will be said. Had. Done. Done. Yet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired. Let's go to bed. All three of us. Let's go. Okay. You can just go. Just, you can just snuggle him with Alphas. <laughs> he makes one bed part. If you, get him, if you get him to calm down. Okay. Okay. So turn turn. Tune in next week when we talk about some more death. Yay! More death <laughs> and destruction. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Bye bye. Love history. Love your libraries. And love yourself. <laughs>